Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. My message, we're talking about sex and sexuality today. The title of my message today is, My Body Is Not My Own. And we live in a day and an age where the idea of the majority of people is that it's my body and I'll do what I want to with it. It's my body and nobody, no, and no other body is going to be able to tell me how, you know what I mean, to live my life with my body. If I feel like I want to do this, then I'm going to do that. If I don't, then I won't. And And I just want you to know that that whole concept that it's your body and you can do with it what you want is just untrue. In fact, it's only true in the areas that you want it to be true in because if you did everything that you desired to do, it's very possible that you could land yourself in prison for a very long time. And so just because it's your body doesn't mean that you can do whatever it is that you want to do with it. And we're going to unpack that here over the next few minutes. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 is our key scripture for this series. It says, don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. And I want you to realize and know today that I recognize that there's a lot of pressure from culture today, right? In fact, if you believe differently than what the mass majority believes in or the world believes in, you know, they won't just let you be. They will absolutely come after you in many, in many situations. And so there's a lot of pressure from culture, but it says this, instead, fix your attention on God. And I, in first service, this just hit me so clearly. I hadn't really thought about it before, but this is the answer to so many in our world today. Fix your attention on God. When you're unclear on how to respond or to react to a certain situation, fix your attention on God. It used to be several years ago, maybe 30 years ago now, that people would wear these bracelets called WWJD bracelets. And these bracelets stood for WWJD, what would Jesus do? And if, you're, if, you, if you just boil that down, really, it's, it's walking, it's a reminder to fix your attention on God in all situations. You find yourself in a circumstance and you ask the question, what would Jesus do in this situation is fixing your attention on God. It will fix a lot of our problems. It says when you do this, you'll be changed from the inside out. Somebody say the inside out. And it says, readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Like, listen, you may not feel like responding to it. You may feel like doing something very different. But I will tell you this, that make the choice to do what God wants you to do, whether you feel like it or not, because choices lead. Somebody say, choices lead and feelings will follow. Choices lead and feelings will follow. I don't know where we got so off track in thinking that just because I feel like something is okay, that it's okay. Your feelings will lie to you. If your feelings have ever lied to you, go ahead and say amen. Amen. 
We got a little bit better. That's the best amen we've had all day. Because people recognize that your feelings will lie to you. You cannot trust your feelings. And just because your body desires something, it doesn't mean that it's the best thing for you. If you can't trust your feelings, you can't trust your body. It leads to a lot of problems. So it goes on to say, unlike the culture around you, which always drags you down to its level of immaturity, God desires to bring the best out in you. See, I used to debate people often if, if they had a different viewpoint than God's viewpoint. I used to debate them all the time and show them the differences. And, and you know what that resulted in? And two people leaving angry and upset and nothing was ever accomplished through it. I've never been able to argue somebody into the kingdom of God. Never. Maybe you're a better arguer than I am. You know, a better debater. But I've never been able to do that. And so I don't, I don't even go there anymore. What I realize and what I want you to realize that if somebody chooses to pursue a worldview, a worldview always leads to the pig pen. Let me say that once again. If somebody makes the choice and we can warn and we can talk about how God's way is the best way, but I promise you this because I have first-hand experience, a lot of first-hand experience in pursuing the world's way. The world's way, not most of the time, not some of the time, not the majority of the time, but all the time, every single time, the world's way will lead you to the pig pen. And if you're sensitive to God and the Holy Ghost, and you're sensitive to the word of the Lord, and you're sensitive to the people that will, that will actually, that are sent by God into the place of the pig pen where you are residing to encourage you, to share the truth with you, to love you, then I firmly believe that God will use the pig pen to return you back to him. Amen? And that's exactly what took place in my own life. And so this idea of sex and sexuality has been discussed for a long time, and there's a lot of different opinions on it out there. But I want you to know this, that God's view is the only view that really matters. Jesus said it like this, in the last days, which I firmly believe that we are in the last days, right? We are, we are as far into the last days as we've ever been. And I firmly believe that I'm going on 52 years of age, that it's quite possible that in my lifetime, it is a possibility that Jesus could return and I think that that would be pretty amazing. I'm ready for it. And uh, if you're not ready for it, that might be a good indicator that some things need to be taken care of, right? But, um, but I want you to know this, that he's coming back. And um, he said that in the last days, those days are going to be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, where... Everybody was sleeping with anybody and everybody that they wanted to sleep with. Gender wasn't an, an issue. Men were with men and, and women were with women. And there were, there were multiple people doing things all together. And, um, and they were doing it as often as they wanted to. And, and while this was not the only sin that was taking place during Sodom and Gomorrah, 
It's certainly one of the big ones that, 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 was, that was discussed. And if you look at today, you can see some resemblance. If you look at today, the things that we've stood against and we've called wrong are now being called right. And I'm just saying that it's amazing this was written so long ago, but yet the writing is on the wall, right? Like we see some of these things being played out in ways that, that we couldn't imagine 20, 30, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. And so we are there. Somebody say, we're there. And unfortunately, the church's approach has not always been the best approach. It's not always been the right approach. I'm not saying we've always gotten it wrong, but many churches, whenever it comes to the topic of sex and sexuality, many churches' approach to this topic is just silence. Let's just not talk about it. It's uncomfortable. And people don't like to be uncomfortable. And the truth is, is sometimes people leave whenever we talk about tough topics like this. And, and uh, can I just say with that, that love is at its greatest when it corrects us. Like there's nothing more loving than whenever God says, listen, he convicts our hearts that what you're doing is not God's best for you. And he, and he begins to bring you out of that bad place. And he, and he, and he by the hand drags you into a better place. Amen. Like, I'm glad I'm not where I used to be. And the only reason is because God loved me enough to bring me out of that place. There's a few of us, I don't know, what's going on with us all? Amen? Amen. Because I know this, that every single one of you have been brought out of some place. You know, it might not be the place that we're talking about today, but you've been brought out of some place. And when I say amen about what he's brought me out of, you should say amen about what it is that he's brought you out of. So let's try that one more time. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good. So we've either been silent about it or we've mishandled it. How does the church mishandle it? Well, if you were of Pentecost or Southern Baptist or, or, or you know, strong belief systems, they may have just right then and there sent you right directly to hell. Oh, you were caught in sin. You're going to hell. You better turn or you better burn. I shared with first service that when I was in the world, I spent a lot of times, I, I bounced in the same establishment, but I spent a lot of time down at 6th and Main in Boise, in the, uh, in, the, in the bars down there. And every single time we would shut a bar down, I would go out and the streets were just like crowded with so many people and I would go out, they had the best hot dogs. I don't know if it was because we were so inebriated or what, but they had the best hot dogs and I would grab a hot dog, but there was always a street preacher, always a street preacher there at 2.30 in the morning, standing on a soapbox, sending every single one of us to hell. You better turn from your ways. And, and I'm just saying, I don't know that a lot of people got saved through that. It's very possible that some did, but in my thinking now, I'm thinking there probably could have been a better way of doing that, right? And so, so anyhow, um, the church has been silent or we've mishandled it. Church in their approach and talking about sex, back in the day, it's like sex is dirty, sex is ugly. In fact, some of the older folks, even right now, you may be feeling a little uneasy 
because we're even talking about this in church. I've had personal conversations with people that's like, listen, I was raised in a day and a time where you didn't even talk about it, let alone you didn't even touch it in church. And I'm just saying, listen, things are so crazy right now that the church, if the church isn't speaking about it, who's going to? Right? And I know it's not, it's not fun and it's not nice, but, but when I was a little kid, sometimes the approach of sex, the topic of sex was like, it's dirty, it's nasty, it's ugly, save it for the one that you love the most in this world. You know what I mean? Like, like, like how does that make any sense? It's like, shh, ugly, ugly, nasty, nasty, save it for the one that's most special to you. Right? And so that's crazy, Right? I want us to know this, that we all struggle in the area of sin. And if you don't have any struggles in this area, God bless you for that. But I want us to not exclude the areas that we struggle with and elevate the areas that other people struggle in. And sometimes that's human nature, right? We downplay ours and we elevate somebody else's. And I want you to know that God has standards and Jesus died for those standards. Why? Because we miss them. The Bible says that if you've broken any of these commandments, you've broken them all, right? And so, so the law really brought us to the realization that, that we are dead in sin and that we need a Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for God's mercy and grace and his love and his compassion that's new every single day. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 says this, Yes, this is talking about a generation of people. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And so there's a generation of people, and just see if, if this even just fits today. I'm not trying, to, not trying to line things up for you, but are there a bunch of people today, I'm just asking the question, that in their conversations they say, yeah, I know God. I absolutely know God. Don't tell me I'm not a believer in God. But they don't worship him as God. They do their own thing. In fact, there's a lot of people even in the church, and, and I believe that God is, is able to work things out in all of us. I struggled with a lot of things when, when I was still going to church, and, and God brought me through those things, but... But I would caution you to be careful not to remain, not to take the forgiveness and the mercy and the love of God, the compassion that he has for you, and just, just disregard it. I would, I would caution you against that, right? And so, and so, you know, there's a lot of people that, that are saying, yeah, I know God, but they don't worship him as God. And I want us to know that worship is not coming here on a Sunday morning and lifting our hands and singing the beautiful songs that we sing. Like, that's not worship. Worship, true worship, our reasonable act of worship, our reasonable responsibility of worship is our posture towards God. It literally is coming to a place and saying, God, I'm not going to do things the way that I feel like doing them. I'm going to do things the way that you want me to do them. That is true and proper worship. Our approach, come on, to, to walking with God. It's not a song. Come on, it's saying, I'm going to follow your way and not my way. It goes on to say, 
They say they know God, but they wouldn't worship him as God and give him thanks. And they began to think up, just tell me if this fits in today. I'm not trying to force you to believe or I'm not trying to plant a bunch of seeds that aren't true. But let me ask you a question. Does this, does this fit today? They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Man, we call this progressive thinking. <laughs> we think we're so smart because we've got the internet and now we've got AI and we've got all of these different things. We're so smart, we don't even need God anymore. In fact, we'll look at, at the Bible as some, you know, some just his, you know, ancient history book that, that certainly that applied to them back there. But come on, man, it's 2023. So many things are not even valid today. And I'm saying, be careful. Because these things that we're wrestling with today, humanity has wrestled with throughout the generations. They begin to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. It's interesting. This is happening now. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. They claimed to be wise, but instead they became other fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious and ever-living God, they worshiped idols that were made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desires. And I'm just telling you this, that when God reveals his truth through love to you, you've got a choice to make, to ask him to forgive you and to line up with his way and pursue his truth or continue to do things your very own way. And I will tell you this, because I've witnessed this firsthand, that if you deny God and pursue your own way, then he will turn you over to your lustful desires. But I promise you this, it's not going to lead to happiness. I swear by it. It's not going to lead to fulfillment. It's not going to lead to joy. It's not going to lead to a place of self-accomplishment. Self what it's going to lead to is, is just like if I had a tool just to, just, to, just, to, just to take everything good on the inside of you and just remove it, you're going to feel empty. And that's exactly where that kind of lifestyle, denying God and doing your own thing, that's the, exactly where it's going to lead to. As a result of, of just doing what they wanted, they did vile things and degrading things with each other's bodies. It isn't it interesting that the body is the focus. What we do with these physical bodies is the focus throughout this whole passage. I can't believe, like listen, I can't believe that we have, like I can believe that we have the devil that's trying to reach our children at younger and younger ages. Like that doesn't surprise me. Like having grown men dressed up like women in scantily outfits coming into our schools, elementary schools, and putting on shows like, I'm not like, oh, I can't believe that's happening today. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm not distraught that the devil is trying to, is trying to lead our kids in, 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 in wrong ways. That doesn't surprise me. You know what surprises me? Is all of the parents that have children that idly stand by and don't say a word. That's what surprises me. That's what surprises me. 
And I shared in first service that, that, that whenever we do have enough courage to do something, usually it's behind a keyboard and there's no personal connection. And I'm just saying, listen, God, return us to truth and conviction and wisdom and courage because I think it's important that when we do in, involve ourselves, that we do so properly, right? The church doesn't need another black eye, but we can be led by the Spirit. Be courageous. Be led by the Spirit. Stand for truth. You know what I'm saying? And, and God used that in a significant way. And so he goes on in verse 25. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Is it happening today? So they worshiped and served things that God created instead of the creator himself. And I want you to know this, that God created these bodies and he created sexuality and his way is the best way. And the Bible says that his purpose for sexuality is between one man, somebody say one man, and one woman in the marriage, in a covenant of marriage. This is his proper, and anything other than that is not God's best. I'm not saying that people don't enter into it, but I'm just saying he created it, he designed it, and his way is the best way, and all other things are going to lead to emptiness. So my question is this, what about those that have a predisposition, like I'll just use myself for an example, let's say that, that since I was brand new born, you know what I'm saying? For as long as I can think of back in my, in my mind, let's just say instead of liking women, that I, I was predispositioned to have an attraction towards men. Let's just say that was the case. That was my reality. That was my, let's just say that was my truth, right? I would say this to that person. There's not anybody in this room that, do, that does not deal with predispositions that, that you feel a certain way that is different than God feels about it. And so it's absolutely no difference. Like, let me tell you, let me ask you a question. Somebody really wronged you and they really, really hurt you. The Bible says that you're supposed to forgive that person. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things for somebody to really actually fully do. And, and they must do it by the Spirit as unto the Lord. Like there's a lot of lip service like, oh yeah, I forgave him a long time ago. But you act completely differently towards the person. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're passive aggressive or, or you know what I mean? You're just like, but yet you just tell yourself, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, no. I've forgiven him. But there's still this bitterness, this hurt, this anger on the inside of you. And so I'm just saying this. There's not one of us that wants and desires to forgive people that have, that have outright harmed us. But the Bible says that unless you forgive, you will not be forgiven. What part of that are you jumping up and down in joyful? Man, I just can't wait to forgive the next person that messes me over. You know what I'm saying? And so just because you've got to bend in a certain way, you've got things that you've got to wrestle with that other people aren't wrestling with, does not mean that you can just give in to your feelings and, and, what, and your desires because the truth is, is even if you're a heterosexual, 
And you desire, you know what I mean, to be with multiple people. A different person every night. You can't do that. That's not God's best for your life. And if you do that, that's going to, sir and ma'am, lead to emptiness. That the same person that's dealing with something completely different, their life is going to lead to emptiness as well. Right? Anybody just love being patient? Like you just looking for opportunities to be patient? You're just like, man, I can't wait for the other opportunity. Just the next time that God just really puts me in a situation where I have to exercise patience. I just so look forward to that. Right? But he tells us that we need to be patient. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says this. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, set apart. That you should avoid sexual immorality. That's God's will. You know, in the Greek... These two words, sexual immorality, in the Greek, it's the word pornea. And pornea is where we get the word pornography. But pornography isn't just sitting in front of a, a computer system, a computer and looking at images or videos. That's not what pornea is. Pornea is any sexual action that you enter into outside of the marriage of one man and one woman. Any sexual action that takes place outside of marriage between one man and one woman. And so there's a lot of people that are always looking for loopholes. It's like, you know what, we messed around, but we didn't do it. And so by, when, by not doing it, what's happened is, is I've kept myself, I've kept myself pure, right? I've kept myself proper and right. And I'm just saying, if you want God's best, come out from that place. And I would say, find that woman that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Find that man that you want to spend the rest of your life with. You think that there's something worth building on life together. Bring the Lord into the center of it. Make her an honorable woman, right? And marry her. Marry her. It's not God's will that you should, or it is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body. Imagine that. Learn to control. Wow, can we do that? Can we really do that? Learn to control your own body in a way that's holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans. What we see is we see people that do not have a relationship with God influencing people that have relationship with God in the church that, oh, come on, it's really not that big of a deal. And it is a big deal. Don't give in to your passionate lust like those who do not have a relationship with God. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. And that word holy, it, it can, that can be overwhelming, right? Because, because I'm, you know, you might be sitting here, I'm the farthest thing from being holy, holy is not perfect. Holy is trusting in the process of God and pursuing him every single day. Amen? I trust the process of God. I trust my relationship with God that even when I come up short, God's going to be there to help pick me up. Amen? I love that about the Lord. So here's some lies from the enemy about sex, just real quick. Number one, sex is harmless fun. Young people, the summertime, we got summer flings. Old people, we got summer flings. We got all-time flings, right? This is dangerous. Sex is more, it, 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 it's harmless if it's used 
outside of its proper context. It binds us together. Number two, sex is simply an animalistic act. It's an animalistic act. It's like I'm an animal. I've got these desires. I'm just going to give in to these desires, and it is what it is. I'm no different than, than you know what I mean, dogs or cats or, or deer. You know, I used mule deer in the, in the first service, but I was thinking about the turkey. You know, today, for those of you that are turkey hunters, you know turkeys can see the slightest movement from a long ways away. I've heard that they are one of the most difficult birds to hunt because they're smart, they're brilliant, they're aware, and, um, and they don't put themself, themselves in vulnerable situations, right? They know what's safe and they know what's not safe until it's mating season. And then all they hear is, I don't know what a, gobble, gobble? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they they hear can somebody give me a female turkey like a oh that's good who did that all of a sudden <laughs> so do it again I want to do that that's fine Careful as all get out. And then you hear that noise, maybe a different one. I don't know if that's right or wrong, but all of a sudden, boom, you're stuffed. You know what I mean? In somebody's home, you know, brilliant bird. And then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? You lose your head. You just give in to that instinct. And I'm just saying, next thing you know, you're stuffed on the devil's table. You know, you're the devil's dinner that night. Number three, sex is a singular event. I could just do this and walk away. We even coined phrases, what stays in Vegas, or what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas, right? It doesn't. You're bringing it home. You might bring home more than the soul tie. You might bring something else home with you, but, but it doesn't stay in Vegas. I can promise you that. Number four is this, sex defines my identity. And this is where we're really seeing this take place in our world today. Today, we've got a generation of people that are identifying themselves by their sexuality. Oh, what are you? I'm heterosexual. What are you? I'm bisexual. Uh, what are you? I'm binary or non-binary. I'm gay, lesbian. I'm straight. Right, so we've got a generation of people that are identifying themselves because of their attractions. Their attractions. You are not your attraction. Real love is not a feeling, it's a commitment. And oh, by the way, I think the best identity, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, your best identifier is I'm a Christian. I'm a blood-bought, born-again, forgiven, spirit-filled, you know what I mean, spirit-led believer in Jesus Christ. See, this sounds absolutely crazy for those people that do not have a relationship with God. How in the world can you stand up there and say these things when culture is saying something completely different? And this is what I would say to you. That if you're struggling with what I'm saying, and I've been there, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not speaking down to you, but I've been there, 
Like if you're doing and you're being led by what you feel, what you want, what you think is right, then let me just tell you this. God is not your God. You are. You have become your own God. Even if you self-profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you don't realize that his way is the best and start asking him to change the areas that are different, you just say, I know the Bible says this, and I know God says this, but I'm going to do it my way, my friend, my brother, and my sister. You're your own God. And I pray that you come out from that place before you die. Because if you die, I'm not saying dying with sin in your life. I'm just saying if you die and you're the God that you trust most, you won't go to heaven. Hell is a very real place and that's where you will choose to go. This is why the Bible, that passage of scripture that says, listen, we've done all these great things in your name. We've prophesied, we've laid hands on the sick, da 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 da, da. we prayed, ba ba ba. Jesus says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because I didn't know you. Like, like to be a Christian is to know God and to be known by him. It speaks of a relationship, right? It speaks of a relationship that gets stronger and stronger the more that you walk together. So... Paul is bringing the gospel. I'm going to close here real soon. Paul's bringing, the apostles bringing the gospel outside of the Jewish people. He's called to reach the Gentiles. And so he's going to Rome. He's going to Greece. And, and this is where 1 Corinthians, you know, comes to light. This is the setting these people have never been taught what the Apostle Paul is teaching them. They've received Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, but they're still struggling with the culture that they've just, that they're coming out of. See, the culture that they were in before they received Jesus, there was a lot of false god worship. A lot of these goddesses were, of course, female. That's why they're called goddesses. A lot of these false gods were men. But a lot of their practices were based off of sexual immorality. In fact, they would have what is called temple prostitutes working the temple and how you worshiped this false god, how you showed your, 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 your worship towards this false god was to enter into sexual immoral acts with these temple prostitutes in the temple. So the Apostle Paul, this is his job. Wow, how would you like to have this job? Is to go to these brand new believers in Jesus Christ and begin to teach them that the way that they've been living is the wrong way, that they need to come out from that and they need to do things the right way or God's way. So this is what he writes. He says, do you not know that now that you've received Jesus, your bodies are members of Christ himself. See, listen, we come into a sanctuary like this and we change the way that we, that we act. Some of us dress differently. Why? Why do you dress up coming to church? Well, because I'm giving God my best. Some people remove their hats when they come into church. Why are you removing your hats when you come into church? Because I'm honoring, respecting God. Some people cuss like the Dickens out there, but when they come in here, I don't know what the Dickens is, but that's funny. 
They cuss like a sailor out there, but when they come in here, their words are all proper and wonderful, and, well, God bless you too. Yes, the Lord is good. Amen. It's like two totally different people, and you ask people, why don't you, why don't you carry yourself in here like you carry yourself out there? And they'll tell you, this is the church, man. This is the sanctuary. You know what the Apostle Paul was saying? Listen, this ain't the sanctuary. This, these four walls that you're in right now, this is a building that I promise you is going to be gone 100 years from now. Right? Maybe there will be a bigger one in this place. Maybe there will be nothing in this place. Maybe, no, maybe we're all going to go be with Jesus by then. But I promise you this, the only significant thing about this building is that you're in it. And so if you come into the house of the Lord and you're going to change the way, and God bless you for not cussing and dropping F-bombs in here. Like, I don't think I'd like that either. You know what I'm saying? But the, the gist of the matter is, is if you're not going to say it in here, then don't say it out there because this is the temple where God lives. He lives in you. Amen? If you're going to respect him enough in here, respect him enough in here to carry yourself differently. So it says, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Should I take this body that belongs to God and go sleep with a strange woman? Pay her money for it? No. That's crazy, right? Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? It is said the two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one in him in spirit. 6 verse 18 says, flee from sexual immorality. And that's what I would tell you today. If you're bound up, caught up in it, flee from it. Bring the Lord into the center of it. Come talk to me. Come talk to all of our pastoral staff, man. We got some experiences and we will walk with you through whatever it is that we'll do whatever we have to do. But I'm just saying, get out from that place. God will help you. I promise it. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body. I'm just saying, while there's no ranking of sin, you know what I mean? Like somebody that, that can't put the fork down is just as guilty in sin as somebody that has had multiple partners. Somebody that is a liar, in one thing, if you broke one law, you've broken them all. So there's not these rankings of sin. We're all dead in sin without Jesus. But I will tell you this, that there are some sins that are more damaging to the person than other sins, and this is one of them, right? All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's what I just shared with you. Who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. This is why I titled this. You're not your own. Oh, I'm my own. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. You're not your own. You belong because you were bought with a great price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so these wounds, they damage and they run deep. And I just want to say, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the 
the pain and the emptiness that you might be feeling in here today because of your own poor decisions. Maybe somebody never taught you differently and that's where you, you know, you were lied to and you were saying, listen, this is how I'm going to experience love. And it's left you broken and you don't even, you know what I mean? You, you feel like you've been robbed from even real intimacy. You don't even know what that's like. And so I'm sorry. I'm absolutely so sorry. And I'm really sorry for people that have been taken advantage of in a sexual sin. Somebody put themselves on you. And they did things to you that you weren't in agreement with. And I'm absolutely heartbroken over all of the pains. The truth is, is there's not one thing that we've talked about today that is funny. And because it's a hard topic, sometimes I try to bring a little, a little you know, lightheartedness into it to make it a little easier to talk about. But the truth is, is there's nothing, there's nothing funny about this because the damage goes deeper than most other sins that we can commit. It deep, it's deep. And I've said at the bedside of people that are dying, that are transitioning from this life to the, to the next, right? And something had happened many years ago and they've still never been able to get the healing that God has available for them or forgive themselves. And that is absolutely heartbreaking that the majority of a life has been lost because of because of sexual sin, whether, whether it's one that they entered into, you know, by themselves or somebody, somebody took advantage of a situation. And so it's not funny. And I, and I want you to know this, that somebody that has dealt with just a lot in this area, a lot of brokenness, a lot of insecurities and trying to, trying to find, trying to find something of substance but get it wrong time and time and time again. I want you to know that God is a good God. And his mercies and forgiveness is new every day. And I don't share a lot of, a lot of uh, my personal stuff or my wife's personal stuff. And I'm not going to go into details. But there's not a whole lot that we did right in God's eyes. We both came from a lot of brokenness and made some bad decisions and and I want you to know that, first of all, it speaks to God's power and amazing grace in, in, in being able to keep things together, right? That when we yield to him, like he is able to come in and heal and, 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 and restore beauty. Somebody say amen. If you know what I'm talking about, he restores beauty. But I'm telling you also that you can keep yourself from carrying a lot of baggage by making good decisions on the front end. Because all the while, God has been faithful years of just stuff to work through to get where we are. And thank God, the work he begins, he finishes. And I, I love my wife. It's her birthday today. And... and um, I don't know if she would agree, but I, I, I feel like our marriage is the best it's ever been. Sometimes she's like, she's asked me before, hey, how do you think we're doing? I'm like, man, we're doing great. Amazing. She says, it ain't that great. <laughs> so, so that's why I preface it by saying, I think she would say the same thing. But I just want you to know that God is good 
But you don't have to go through the garbage that other people have gone through. You can do things better like Matt and Jaina. You can do things better like my daughter and my son-in-law, right? See, they're taking generational curses and they're cutting those, severing those, those decisions and those soul ties and they're doing things completely different. You know who the benefactor of that is? The benefactor is my grandbabies. You know what I'm saying? Because something new has been has begun. And I just want you to know that, man, while God's grace and mercy is new every day and we're going to need it in some capacity, you know, let's trust him with our decisions today so we don't have to ask him for forgiveness tomorrow. Ooh, that was good. Boy, I feel like a t-shirt's coming. I feel like that was, that was brand new. All right. So there's different responses, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to hit these real quick. I can be defensive. When you're defensive, when you hear a message like this, oftentimes it causes you to leave. I want you to know that I completely understand if you choose to never come back to Grace Church and you're like, listen, that's crazy. I'm going to still go out and do things my way. I want you to know that whenever you come to your pig pen, that Grace Church is going to be here and we're not going to judge you when you choose to come back. We're going to be here with open arms. We're going to love you. We're not going to ask you how it was out there. We're just going to love you. We're going to support you. We're going to walk with you because that's what the father did in the story of the prodigal son. Every day, I feel like every day he would go out and just look down that long road. Nope, it's not today. No. Nope. It's not today. It's not today. It's not today. But one day he saw the son and what did he do? He threw everything down and ran out to him, embraced him and loved him and restored him. And that is exactly if you choose to leave because of these hard messages. If you ever choose to come back, I promise you, we will love you just the same. We're not going to treat you any differently. Amen. Number two, I can be remorseful. Sad, sorrowful. Because when we mishandle what is meant to be beautiful, it leads to shame. But my Bible says that there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. We should not... We shouldn't misunderstand one for the other. Conviction says, listen, I'm going to lead you out of the sin. Jesus taking you by the hand, leading you out of the sin. Come on into newness of life. Condemnation begins to build prison walls around you. And I'm just telling you this, that Jesus, he came to set you free. Amen. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Romans 8.1, therefore there is now con no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Number three, and this is the last one, I can repent. And this is what I would encourage you to do every day. Repent of your sins. Just say, God, I blew it again. But have your heart posture towards him and say, listen, I want to honor you. I want to glorify you. I want to live for you. I want to become more like you. Every single day is a day to repent. Amen? I want you to know this, that God's way is not limiting. It brings peace to your soul. God's way is not cruel. It leads to love and purpose. And God's way does not hold you back. It always lifts you up. God's way is always the best way. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask anybody here to stand to your feet. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. 
I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I know for a fact that there are people that the Holy Spirit has spoken to during this message. And the reason why he has spoken to you is just for you to know that the Lord loves you. He sees you. He's got his eye on you. And he has his best in mind for you. And he can restore you and he can redeem what has been stolen. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you and I want you to pray for yourself. If you have some conviction, which conviction is good, it leads you out of where you are into where God wants you to be. Embrace the conviction. Ask God to forgive you of your sins and he'll be faithful and just to do that. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for these incredible people. And I ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. The pressure is true, but I'm so grateful that we serve a God that's found in Hebrews chapter 4 that was tempted and tried in all ways. That means that Jesus was tempted in ways that I've never been tempted in. I've never struggled with certain things, but there's not one thing that Jesus was not fully tempted in while he was on the planet. But yet, the Bible says that he did not sin. And so, Lord, we have victory in Jesus. We ask you to forgive us of our sins today. We pray that the blood that was shed on the cross would cover us, Lord. It would make us new and clean. And I'm grateful, Lord, that my sin in my past will never be brought up against me again. I pray that my sin in my present will never be brought up against me again. And I pray and thankful for the sin in my future. The shortcomings in my future will never be brought up against me again. It's all under the blood. Let me walk and pursue you and love you and honor you and worship you and surrender to you. But God, when I get it wrong, let me come back to you in and through repentance, just like we're doing right now. And Lord, you will make things new again. I pray for these folks today. I pray for their healing. Pray for their hearts. Pray for their futures. Pray for their families. Lord, we pray for new days, better days, greater days in Jesus' name. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.